0: You're listening to The Goggler Podcast, Bahir and Uma with you, and today we have a very special guest joining us. We've got Tan Chui Mui, her latest film, Barbarian Invasion, drops in Malaysian cinemas on November 24th, and she is the writer and director of the movie. You will know her from Dahuang Pictures, anyone who's familiar with the Malaysian Film scene will be familiar with Da Huang Pictures and the great work that they've done over the years. Mui, welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you.
1: Hi. How have you been? It's good. Actually, spending more time on like training jujitsu more than making film. But the past one week, I was like quarantined in Korea. So it's more like a writing retreat, also like just lock myself <laughs> in this cocktail room.
0: A forced writing retreat.
1: Uh, yeah, but I actually enjoy a lot maybe drinking too much coffee yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so for people who don't know barbarian invasion on the face of it tells the story of an award-winning actress played by herself who is pulled back into the industry because you know she wants to make a comeback she took a break to raise her son as a single mother and a director friend of hers calls her back because he wants to make the southeast asian version of born Identity. Can you talk to me about the inspirations for the movie and why you came up with it?
1: The idea really came from a joke because when I have this project, I actually have the money without an idea. So this whole thing was more like a challenge from a friend who has a company in China supporting young independent filmmakers. And it was at a time like three years ago when all the production has become so expensive and no one can make low-budget film in in China. And then he was just like asking me, do you think you can still make film with like 1 million yen? And I I say yes. And he actually got six directors, like quite high-profile directors to to each make one. Those including like uh, Zhang Lui, Liande Mendoza, like Mingliang, Robin, this type of name. And... So I have the one million, but I actually don't have a story yet. And it was during a lunch in Beijing, a friend of me was talking and this, this guy, he was actor and then also set up like a film school and then he was talking about a project like he want to make a spy film and he want to cast me as the main actress of course I, at first it was like a joke like I was like um okay if you send me to training you know like like Matt Damon the the sent him training for three months and all that I would do it and then after a while I thought oh how about the other way around? I'll make this my film. So it's about this Chinese independent filmmaker. He, he wants to make a film and he sent his actress to train in Thailand, in Phuket, because I know this place where there's like an MMA street. And after three months, like when the actress is like training hard every day and all that, after three months, this director actually tell her the the project is cancelled because there's no, no more funding. But this actress go ahead and maybe join a MMA competition. Didn't win, but uh, find herself. So that was my first story.
0: Right.
1: I was telling him the whole thing like, okay, I got a story there. So I was quite excited and I decided to the next month go to Phuket to to write the script and while writing the script I thought to shoot something so I also called another three friends to go and document the process so I got someone to to, to come and video and then to record the sound so four of us we went but like one week before I still couldn't settle like who to take care of my son he was uh, less than three years old at that So last minute, I actually have to bring him, and I was still thinking at the time, like, it's okay, we can still do the writing. <laughs> but things change, it becomes a bit hard because, like, when we go to the gym to film thing and he start like crying and beating up people inside <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because those are like really professional fighting in like a camp and then my son going like wow <laughs> it's, it's quite hell. I, I hope i'm not blacklisted there in phuket <laughs> so, <laughs> then i changed the uh, the story so it's about this actress who retired because she became mother and need to take care of the kid. So I added in this layer of like, she have to bring her son for the training. And and then when the movie was cancelled, her son also got kidnapped. And then with all her training, she have to go fight the Thai gangster. So that's the story I changed
2: right.
1: Right. because of this. So it's, it's a different writing process. But after... After all these things, I met up with Mengjin who want to produce, and then we start like do a proper script. So that's the the beginning of the the the, the script.
0: Very cool. Uh, before we talk about the training, because I really want to talk about the training. But before we get into that, the title of the movie. Correct me if I'm wrong. Bahi and I have both watched the movie, Barbarian Invasion. Am I right? And this could be way off, but am I right in thinking that the barbarian of the title. Is the little boy?
1: Yep, yep. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, you're right. The beginning when I thought of the story, even before I have a story, when I just got the money I was telling already, like, okay, the title will be I Just Want You To Love Me because they want a love story. Right. But when it happened that when I have to bring my kid to to Phuket, I changed the title to Barbarian Invasion indeed because, <laughs> because my kid was like the barbarian. <laughs> and it was... <laughs> It was also a quote, I I heard of the quote when I was in school a long time ago and I like it a lot and I feel it more and more now. It was from Hannah Arendt. I remember it wrong. I think I remember it as like, uh, every birth of a child is an invasion of barbarian to our civilization. Huh. And, wow. and, and, and it's, it's not in a bad way because I understood the quote as like, every time when there's a new life came into they, have, they bring a new perspective, new eye, and they question things. But slowly, we sort of civilize them. It's not a... The civilization not being a good thing. So, so, it's also the same. Like, any civilization, after some development, you become maybe over comfortable. And then, you need actually the new blood, the barbarian to come in and stir everything and up, and, up. And shake things up. Yeah, so, so <laughs> yeah. there's a few things in it so one is the kid and another thing is also maybe we are the one that is corrupting them because they come in with new blood new eyes and we sort of like pollute them (laughs) with our idea and civilization the title is indeed because of the kid but the story started with the kid and slowly it changed to other things like searching for myself asking like what is self and, and yeah who am i that mm. uh, become the, the the center of the film
2: i wanted to ask what was the significance of the son's name why did you make the decision to give the child a non-identifying name i guess in some ways and is the name significant does that mean anything
1: there are a few things to it one is originally i was going to use my son to to play and his name is Yu and 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 so it was natural to just use his name that I thought uh, would be easier and Mm. and it was in the script and I never changed it and it just kept there Zhou. but there's another side to the question of there's no mention of the ethnic group like if he was Chinese Malay and and all that and Recently, I wrote this. also this Academy article in Taiwan that compared my film with another Malaysian Chinese director, Liao Kefa, and, and, and he did bring up the point like, I don't really talk about the racial issue. For this film, I, I did it consciously, but uh, in most of my film, I think it's just my way of my childhood background and the way it is, I don't see see things like most Malaysian Chinese. I actually grew up, we are the only Chinese family in the Malay village. So my village is Kampong Sungai Ula. It's very near to Cerating. And we are the only Chinese. But with very with very clear identity, Like because my, my father came to Malaysia only in the 1955 when he was eight years old. And and when I was a kid, the idea is always like, we are going back to Taiwan. So So that was like, right. we are outsider we know we are outsider but at the same time my father he doesn't speak mandarin but he speak malay like most of the Trunganu chinese we are actually at a border town so we are near trenganu and 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 in the village we speak logat Trunganu. and if you don't see him you just listen he just sounds like a local and his friends are all malay it's just that we have this very Strong Chinese identity, like okay, we are Chinese, we have to go to Chinese school and all that. For me, when I was in the school or when later on, I actually understood I'm quite different (laughs) from other Chinese, and also I don't agree with a lot of the thinking. Chinese school, there's always this Chinese superiority, like the Chinese culture is more superior, and we are the victim, and there's always this playing victim type of thing, and. I'm usually like not agreeing with that and I also don't think or I don't really like to talk too much about the racial issue. I, I, I think there's also other way of thinking about the the problem we have here and and also all this Chinese-ness. For me, I maybe live in a, <laughs> a world that is not so much about the race. Like for me, I'm like, okay, the kids, I just keep the name and it's actually a, not a real world. It's not real Malaysia and I agree. It's, you don't know if this Braun is Malay because he has a funny name. But for me, it's not important. I'm probably living in a world that is, yeah, it's, it's not like the real Malaysian society.
0: But also, Mui, I think I think that would have detracted from the story that you were trying to tell. Like, both by yeah. and I enjoyed the movie and I think the focus on your character, the focus on her divorce, the focus on a woman who's trying to overcome all of these things is strong and powerful, but if you brought in I am uh, Malaysian race stories and all of that stuff, it becomes about something else and I think it would really pull the focus away from your story, which was which was what kept us hooked in the movie anyway because that's the interesting character that I want to follow, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you had to do or it seemed like you had to do a lot of crazy training. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of the Instagram videos and yeah, you're really good like how was that like what was that whole process was it as grueling as what we saw in the movie
1: the training is much more harder uh, we share some of the fun video but I think at the time I was training I'm like going like three classes a day wow in the beginning actually I'm, I'm doing more jujitsu training and then because we decided that okay we are going to copy the born identity and he did more like Filipino martial art and craft maga. so my producer actually sent me to philippine to to learn the Kali stick so i went to cebu for 15 days every day i did from morning one and a half hour in the afternoon another one and a half hour of filipino stick training and it was fun i stayed in this area which is not like a normal training facilities but it's very like uh, in the community and 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 the master is actually one of the great-grandmaster of this school called Balintawak stick fighting system and when I choose this school I didn't really know the history but I was just looking at like all the master and I picked this one because he looks like the friendliest, but actually uh, (laughs) (laughs) the local producer told me like actually this is the deadliest Uh, (laughs) it's called Balintawak It's, it's famous for like very close distance fighting and their thing is like you should be so close that you can smell the fear of your enemy that they, wow. they are the one that they refuse to become a sport but they, they keep it as like a street fighting type of training. And then after that also train like Kraft Maga for not enough time because then the lockdown happened and all that. My focus in the beginning was more jujitsu, but yeah then I have to shift to Muay Thai, Kraft Maga and, and this Filipino martial art which was very... Really, it takes a lot of time, but all this physical training, actually, I don't know, it's very addictive. I must say, like, I still train every day, except now I'm in the hotel, I can't, but I keep the jujitsu training until now, actually. I was going to
0: ask, did you catch the bug? And obviously you have, because obviously you're doing this for a movie, but it feels like, it feels like you were doing it for real.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at that time, I... Trained so much until our first action director was supposed to be Sunny Pang. And when he visited, he was like, oh, "He he he think I trained too much and I should at least have one rest day a week." That means like, I I've been training every day. <laughs> if times, Sunny so
0: Pang they... is telling you to rest, then maybe you yeah. should rest. <laughs> <laughs> la.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he think is is getting too much and so he he actually told my team like to make sure I have rest. And that was maybe the hardest training la, but after the movie i still do one or two times a day we were supposed to shoot april 2020 but march 2020 yeah. Uh, yeah we have lockdown, and then at that time we decided okay we have to change any cast and crew that's not based in malaysia we can't use so so then sunny Pang was like then you have to use james lee at first <laughs> <laughs> you know because when i write When I write this character of the law, Sifu, this master law, I have a sunny punk in mind, like totally designed the character for him, like someone very strict. And when he asked me to use James, my first reaction was like, no way, (laughs) James is too funny. If I see James, I will laugh. I,
2: I think we have
0: different experiences of James neither I, I mean, was going to no. say we know James very well and
2: James James can be quite intense <laughs> but he's a nice guy he just comes off as very yeah, intense Yeah, he
1: wasn't what I have in mind when I write this character <laughs> so I was keep saying like no Sonny I don't think so but after <laughs> a while he convinced me he thinks the best in Malaysia will be James and I, I thought okay so I talked to James and then Both, one is action director and the other part is to play this character of Lost Sifu. And he indeed have very different idea because at first I want this like very strict and this Sifu really love Bruce Lee. So sometimes he talk like Bruce Lee, but still in all the serious way. But whenever James say those lines, we just keep laughing. It's just too funny. (laughs) Even if he plays serious. But he... He actually have in his mind another character because he's also like quite obsessed with martial art when he was young. I mean he started with Taekwondo and all that, but when he was young, he even like go to classes like ninja, ninjutsu class, and all that. And he met many con men sifu before. So he he said like he want to play this character like borderline con man and master. Yeah, you're not sure if he's just conning you or if he really yeah, know yeah, martial art. Yeah, yeah, so so. He's, like, having all this, like, big theory, but we don't really see him do anything type of sifus. He added some detail of, like, how this character move and how he always pulls his pants up whenever he wants to walk. A lot of the small detail he, he adds into this character, he just totally changed the original idea of this philosophy, which I like. it. He, he add a different layer to it.
0: So, Mui, let's talk about, I guess, getting the film out there and the most important question I have for you is, we know movies like this are a very difficult sell, not just in the Malaysian market, but I think in any market, right? I mean, even the US, the UK, indie films like this have a hard time making its mark. I'm curious why you decided to go for the theatrical release and not, say, find a movie or a Netflix where, where these movies tend to thrive, right? And they find a good audience.
1: The right of the film it belongs to the Chinese company who gave us a challenge and all that, and they are still trying to release this film in China. So before the right. release in China, we can't sell it to any VOD. But another reason is I also see this film as something fun and and very different from what. I did before and I'm actually looking for a chance like maybe people who who like kung fu film or action film or comedy I mean it's a mix of genre they might find something in it So, so I'm trying to like reaching more people than our usual KL crowd
0: that's the problem I'm having right because I don't know how to describe this movie because I don't want to spoil it for people. Yeah. So Bahi and I were watching it at different times and Bahi I think was about 20 minutes ahead of me because he clicked play first and then I'm watching the movie and it's going in one direction and suddenly I get a text message from Bahi going holy shit dude this movie just went in a completely different way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then and then later for it to turn back later again. I mean, as I was watching it, I was very entertained. I, I really, really liked what you did with it. But I kept asking myself, how do I recommend this to people? And who do I recommend it to, you know? And mm-hmm. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that as in... It's a very particular style, flavor of movie for certain
0: people. And I think... Also, we don't want to spoil it. Like, yeah, we don't want to ruin that experience.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have problem with first time when we cutting the trailer i was very careful and also when we have the synopsis i was like let's not reveal let's not tell this part let's not mention this but by now i will be like actually there's so many review out there and people spoil the plots already and all that so by now i'm like okay you can tell everything because i have to
2: admit i i haven't read much but i knew who the main cast were and i knew who they were playing but yeah. When that thing happened halfway through the film, I'm like, Whoa! What is going on right now? It just was a real shift in expectation and a real shift in tone and movement, suddenly.
0: And it felt very different from a lot of the other Malaysian movies we watch, where when you watch the first five minutes, you kind of predict where the whole movie is going. And oftentimes, you're right. Mm-mm. So it was really nice that your movie managed to surprise us, shock us, good twists... Uh, yeah so
2: i think that was fun this movie like you said has been through the festival circuit and all that is that a legitimate route for filmmakers and i just mean that based on the idea that that we've heard from other filmmakers of your ilk like you know saying that and all that going through festivals and collecting sort of little grants here and there is that the best way to do it because watching this film and i'm thinking to myself this is not a movie media prima will touch. This is not a movie astro will touch. But if you wanted to make a movie like this, how hard is it to do that grand circle?
1: There are many type of movie and many type of filmmakers, right? And like I know very well I'm not like popular film, I'm not a commercial film type of filmmakers. I wouldn't have like a few million Audience here back home, but there's something I think I'm very conscious from the beginning of making my film is like, the audience I have is always small, and even in any country will be small. So I just need to get this small audience in all those countries that I can get, and the only way I can do it is film festival. So so was very clear for me. My film is that way, but not all films are like this. So it depends on like. You, you do need to know what are the film you want to make and, and who are the audience you want to reach. In the beginning, of course, when I make my film, I didn't really know like, oh, okay, I can get audience in, in Europe or in China and all that. But after a few films, you realize, oh, actually they can understand my film too and I, I can mm. get some following too. And, and so, so like when this film is showing in China in the film festival and all that, and when I read all those reviews you are like wow they can understand the film so well and you do get these followings everywhere maybe a few hundred here a few thousands there and mm. and that's I think how you can support your art career
0: Movie, I have to say I think you're doing yourself a disservice because one of the strongest points of your movie I felt was how you shot and directed those action sequences because when you're doing a movie where you're training and then you have to fight I guess the mistake and you've seen this in lots of Malaysian movies and even international movies lots of camera shake people go into close fast cuts and fast edits to hide the fact that people can't fight but when I was watching your movie wow that first fight you have with the thugs I could feel every punch I was just like oh my god (laughs) like as I was watching it and so like that came off really well so I'm saying, if you want to make an Asian-born identity, I think you could. I think you should. (laughs) Do it.
1: Yeah, I'm waiting for an offer. (laughs) uh, I'm the next Michelle Yeo.
2: Yes! (laughs) (laughs) That was was the other question. Was it always you playing the lead actor? Was that always the role for you? Or was it just one of those things where you couldn't find anybody else to do it?
1: In the beginning, when I was having this idea of the script I was like thinking of <laughs> Yo Yen Yan she's indeed a award winning actress and she actually have a daughter that's like same age with my kids and she also had some action training before so I, I did consider but I'm like oh no but just to think of like asking her to do all those training and do all those sequence I'm like no I, 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 I can't do that two reasons <laughs> one is it takes a long time, a lot of commitment, and I also don't have that type of money. And another thing is I myself want to experience that. And mm. the biggest thing of this script I, I realized at a point is about searching for myself and to have myself going through this thing have actually another layer of thing and, and you will add another meaning to it. So So that is maybe the biggest point, like I have to do it myself to experience this, like also to so-called like find myself and reclaim my own body. You have to be m- myself.
0: Before we let you go, Mui, a question about what your expectations are for the movie. Because I'm sure you've thought about it. And like you said, you've done festivals, but now it's coming home and it's getting a Malaysian theatrical release. And what do you expect I guess Malaysian audiences take away from watching Barbarian Invasion?
1: I think maybe of the festival audience, I could predict because it's usually the, a certain type of audience that go to festival. But for Malaysian audience, it's a bit hard to say. I think there are different segment of audiences. And I do hope like they do get what they want in the different segment of the movie. I, I hope people who enjoy the action sequence will, will, will like them. But also those who can enjoy the philosophical part. It's not like boring philosophy discussion, but it's like a lot of fun conversation. Just to talk about what is myself, I I actually really think hard to design some scene to, to start some discussion. It's always different like when we talk about a film from other country, a film from Thailand, a film from China, a film from france but when you see a film from your own country and we actually have very few chance to really see our own life on screen most of our film is like a imitation of from other country and to have someone from your country to make a film like this to show a certain part of this country is always different and special I I, I, oh. I, I I do hope they enjoy seeing this it's, it's maybe in many aspects like the, the film offer many different things
0: Moeen thank you so much for your time congratulations on Barbarian Invasion both here and I did enjoy it your team sent us a YouTube link so we had to watch it on a small screen but we're gonna go watch it when it comes out in cinema so we can experience it on the big screen also I have to say nice thing you did at the end there I don't think this is a spoiler but We've known Pete Theo for a very long time and we know he thinks he's God. So it's great that he can walk on water at the end of the movie. So, yeah. you know, that fits. That fits Pete Theo's <laughs> no, character. But
2: to be fair, that probably wasn't, you know, a camera trick either, was it? You just told him to walk across the water. And Pete just Pete walked across like... all the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks again, Wei. Yes. It's been such a pleasure. Just a reminder, folks, Barbarian Invasion opens in Malaysian cinemas on November 24th. That's a Thursday. Go and check it out. It is a very different movie and you will be surprised. Reach out to us once you've seen it. You know how you can contact us. All of our social media feeds are goggler.my. You can also email us on podcast at goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline 012-524-5208. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Goggler Podcast.